here today not just to talk about the future of this company. We're here to talk about its destiny. We're here to talk about the end of the world. We stand on the brink of Armageddon, diseases for which we have no cure. Fundamentalist states who call for our destruction, nuclear powers over which we have no control. And even if we navigate these dangerous waters, we face other, even more inevitable threats. Global warming will melt the polarized gaps within 80 years, flooding 90% of all habitable areas on Earth. Unchecked population growth will overtake food production in less than 50 years, leading to famine and war. This is not conjecture. This is fact. One way or another, our world is coming to an end. Now the question is, will we end with it? What do you propose? I propose that we end the world, but on our terms. Yeah, buds. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think we're all finally going to die down here, buds. Welcome back, friends, to the Joel. I should have I should have adjusted my damn... That's what happens when you have kids in the studio. Uh-huh. How's that? <laughs> welcome welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show. My throat's what? a little bit raspy because I've been <laughs> battling the vid or something. But What was that voice that just came out of you? Do that again? 
Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show. That's your narration voice right there, dude. Look, Duncan's nips are getting hard. They're stabbing sackhead Jason in, in his sackhead. You it's amazing. Just, you better just calm down right there, boy, because it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be coming for you here pretty soon, all right? But I want to welcome you all back to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Welcome back, friends, to the final chapter of our franchise. It's the final chapter. We did it. We finally did it. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll find out what uh, our host thinks. You know, what we should have done is just like made all of our hosts join us for every episode. And, and guess what? You're going to trudge <laughs> the swamp with us all the way through. But no, oh. no, we're we're too nice over here at the Blojo Horror Show. <laughs> But with me as always, you can hear you can hear that sweet, sweet laughter coming out of just a beard. And that yeah. is the honey haired hammer himself. Mm-hmm. The sweater vest wearing in the middle of summer. Knee tickler, herbal enchanter, swamp donkey extraordinaire, Ricky Prejean. Oh, I mean Travis Maxwell Boone. Oh. <laughs> oh it would be super fun if Ricky was here too, but uh that boy is busy. He's working. That boy's working, and we working right here, working our way through the goddamn Resident Evil series. Uh, but like you said, we're finally here, and my favorite part of coming to a conclusion of a series on the Joe Blow Horror Show and is our staple is we get to have a certain special guest on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We do have a very special guest, and you know Travis and I were talking last week, and we had to reschedule, which is fine. Things come up. But when I found out why we had to reschedule, I I was like, okay, it makes sense. So, you know, our special guest let me know he had to have a special procedure done. And uh, he popped on camera. And as soon as I saw those very, very girt, lushy, luscious, voluptuous lips, <laughs> that Botox job was, was splendid. So, yeah, fresh off of his Botox procedure, we have Mr. Duncan McLeish, welcome back to the show, my friend. I sent the wrong picture. Uh, the picture <laughs> she have sent you was my dick shortening. Um, oh, you, know, like, right. where you get like a couple inches shaved <laughs> off for her pleasure. Um, I've, I've clearly sent you the wrong one. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, it's okay take it down a notch. The reason, the reason that I was okay with having to reschedule after this is because this is our third date with Mr. Duncan McLeish. And you know what they say after the third date, mm-hmm. we oh, might God. get some tongue. So, I well, mean, I'm hoping for more, but you, you've been, you've been doing it wrong tuna. Yeah. Like we're, we're like in Scotland, third date, you like you're losing fingers. If you know what I mean, they're going places, they're going places, they're going places they probably shouldn't on the third date, but we're going anyway. Um, I'm going to meet like his I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna Mila his joke a bitch. <laughs> Listen, I like. I can't stress enough how happy I am to be back. This is. It's become. I'm a. For all my bravado, I'm a guy that kind of likes tradition. I, I do a lot of traditional things on my show, and that certain months mean certain things. And as this is my third time here, I've pretty much acclimated to. Like the way I close out my summer is closing it out with you guys, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank that's, you. That's awesome. Yeah, we 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 appreciate you coming back. Um, and I want to say too, congrats on ten years. I just mm. got done listening to your 
yeah to your episode but if you guys haven't i mean everybody that listens to the show is familiar with uh the podcast under the stairs and and duncan here check his stuff out 10 years of of material 1200 episodes i mean that is that's you're coming up on joe rogan's ass right now because it's it's exhausting as well as i don't have the i don't have those joe joe rogan spotify bucks uh and it's not for (laughs) lack of trying they're mm-hmm. like, what do you do again? No, we're not. We're not giving you millions for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, t- t- ten years. It's weird. I kind of the the cool thing about it is that the like the horror podcast scene has changed so much from where it was when I started. But at the same time, I get excited about. I don't do them often. I can't stress this. I say this every time, and then people are like, oh, you just say that. I don't do many guest appearances, and it's not because I don't like doing guest appearances. It's just there aren't many people that one ask me or two that I want to actually spend my time with. So, like coming back to do this, we'll get to the movie, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like getting the opportunity to come back and do these things with with people that are just killing it. You know, I mean, you guys are still crushing it. You're out doing your thing, and that's the. I love that. I love seeing where the scene has went. Like the like every time someone says, "Oh, I've started up a podcast," I love that because like I remember what it was like for me then. And to be honest, I don't feel like I don't one. I don't feel my age, but two, I don't feel like I've been podcasting for ten years. Can I still feel like it's been like one or two? So yeah. I, that to me was the big shock when it come around. I was like, ten years doesn't feel right. And on the way I marked it was by doing my top ten horror movies. And I was like, that this kind of feels like something you do in your first year, not your tenth. So well, it's funny you bring that up because Joe Blow next week is turning six. And Boom! here's something, here's something for you, Duncan, and for our listeners to to chew on. <laughs> 10 years, uh, 1,200 episodes for, for T-Putts. Yep. Six years, <laughs> 100 episodes for Joe Blow. So. <laughs> you know what they say? You know what they say, though? It's quality, not quantity. Oh, you're so. too kind. You're too kind. But for our uh, 100th episode, which ironically, well, not ironically, I'm kind of making it happen, is going <laughs> to uh, coincide with uh, Halloween. So on Halloween, we're releasing episode 100, and it's going to be our top 10 all-time favorite horror films. See, that's when you do it. You do it at 100 episodes. You don't wait to, like, 1,237 and be like that. Going to do the top 10. Only because people on Facebook are forcing me to do it, and I don't want to do it, and I've managed to hold off 10 years from doing it. And it's an awkward experience where I've published a list where there's easily five movies on that now that I kind of don't agree with. So, (laughs) Mr. Fluid, though. Yeah, I I, I can do it at 20 years. You know, I'll just revisit. So, (laughs) yeah. That's the redux. The redux. Redux. So, mm-hmm. well, what brings us here is the final chapter. We are mm. going to close out the the franchise here. We're going to bookend it with a very talented Mr. Duncan McLeish. I'm super excited. My nipples are hard. Um, <laughs> They're almost hard. Yep, they are actually hard. hard. Like, mm-hmm. had are. you not told me how warm it was where you are right now, I would have said, is it cold in that room? But <laughs> no, no. I yeah, accept, accept the responsibility for that. There's 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 three projections that are hard on me right now, and you'll see all three of them by the end of the night. So oh, that's the promise. Yeah. 
That's a threat better, and a promise. Better not break <laughs> yeah. that threat promise. And <laughs> even better is so obviously there's a bit of a time difference, and this is the earliest. I think that I mean normally it's around. This is the earliest we've ever recorded. This is the so. earliest, but it happens to be on a weekend, so we're trying to be respectful of Mister Duncan's uh, uh, time here. But like, it's funny because there's like school buses driving by and people mowing their lawns, <laughs> and I'm sitting here with a plethora of beverages which we'll be getting Ooh. to here in a minute so yeah it's kind of weird just looking outside and seeing sunshine and stuff so but yeah um i mean tibu we've come to the end man we've come to the end um is there anything you want to say before we uh carry this on i think there's one stop we're gonna go to here when you're done um yeah, man. Before we get into this final movie for this franchise, this was Boss Tuna's pick every summer. This for for new listeners too, who might be coming over from the T Putts crowd or just whoever stumbles upon this. Every summer, we switch out a franchise that we're gonna do. And this year, Tuna picked his favorite zombie franchise, I think, or at least second favorite. Yeah, well, that's the- that's a running joke. I was like, before <laughs> anybody knew what it was, I'm like, hey, do you want to join us? We're you know doing our summer deal, blah blah blah. We're gonna cover the second greatest zombie franchise out there. And everyone's like, Oh, return of living dead. No, no motherfucker. <laughs> Sit down. Anyways. Uh, um, the, I, I'm, I'm glad you picked this franchise because I had only ever seen the first one. I was never going to watch these movies cause I had no interest in them. And it, even though we don't know how I feel about the final installment, I would say if you look at my ratings so far, this franchise has been a success, and at least for me as a first-time viewer. So I'm very happy that you picked Resident Evil for us to go through. And uh, listeners, check out the previous episode because, yes, we covered Raccoon City with fucking Don and Ellie, and it was dope. Um, So, yeah, man, just cheers to you for picking this. Cheers to Duncan for being here for the final chapter, and cheers to all the other guests that we've had all three years that we've been doing this uh, summer franchise review thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Yep. This is uh, the third of, of many more to come. So stay tuned. And uh, that, that goes for you as well, Mr. Duncan. So um, yeah, you're, you're in, you're in, we're going to be doing this in your backyard here at some point. So (laughs) (laughs) we're going to set up all in all seriousness. uh, Yeah. it, It, it feels, it feels good too, because we're actually, this is like the first time that it's actually going to be our summer franchise. Uh, the very first one we did, I want to say we released the final episode partly because my computer, we, everybody knows the story about that, but that was in like December. And then last year we only had three of the conjuring ones. And I want to say that might've been <laughs> in October. This will be posted this summer yet. So even yeah. though we took a little bit of a uh, detour, a minor detour to give you guys Mr. Doninelli's take and our take on Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, we're going to bookend it the way it needs to be done with the final installment. So with that, um, I am, like I said, I got I got that 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 COVID voice going on here, and I need to wet my whistle. So we're going to be right back. <laughs> One beer. Two beers. Three beers. A shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. One beer, 
two beers. <laughs> I laugh every single time I put that in. Yeah. A shot of whiskey. But Stone Cold knows how to party, cuz. Oh yeah, Stone Cold knows how to party. The the the, the bar is popping tonight just because it's the final. Um, and with that, we have not only a special final episode, but we've got a special um, concoction. So you guys, uh, or actually no, Mr. Tibu, I believe is going to be the sober cab. So he's going to go first, and then uh, I'm going to get my stuff ready while while you explain what you have and. Mr. Duncan, are you imbibing tonight, or are you uh, uh, behaving? Oh, yeah, <laughs> for uh, like hours before we started recording. Oh. This, is my third record. <laughs> this is my third recording tonight, so we started early. So. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, since I am the sober cab, I'm just going to let y'all know tonight, or today, <laughs> for us over here in the States, I'm having a, a mug of coffee. Um, probably about to go fix another one, and it's got some uh, Italian sweet cream in it with some cinnamon, some cinema, as the French say. I'm just making that up. And I've got this sweet Sounds horror, legit. this sweet horror tumbler. I think they call these kinds of cups. It's a metal cup with the metal straw. Mm, not and I'm sipping, very nice. I'm sipping some uh, some tea out of it. So that's what I I'm having. Hoping you'd say it's sipping on gin and juice. Laid, Laid back. back. Got my mind on my pod and the pod on my mind. <laughs> Mr. Duncan, what have you? Yep. Uh, so I'm I'm representing uh, Scotland here. So I've got a, I've got two uh, Brewdog concoctions tonight. I've got um, a can of uh, Blackheart, which is I don't know if you guys have got. I'm going to assume you have because they've been publicised. Blackheart is basically Brewdog's version of Guinness. I have seen it's, it. I think it's better than Guinness. Um, very, oh. very, 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 very smooth. It's fucking lush. So I'm on that, and um, Brewdog also do spirits. Uh, so I'm on their abstract vodka, which, by the way, there is no mixer in that. So that is the measure oh. that I poured myself. Wow! I did see on the side you can drink it neat. So I'm putting that to the test. Uh, it's, okay. it's more than we're, we're at what four fingers? Four That's fingers four of fingers. vodka. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So that's what I'm on. Well, that's you never disappoint me, by the way. You I I was so excited for this because you'd never let me down. Well, I there was a brew dog I was gonna get because I felt like it's it's too like you know fancy and like you know, you gotta have your pinky up like this when you drink kind of thing to be (laughs) brew dog in Scotland. But it was like a, a version of their shandy. Um, Ooh. Was, yeah. And I was going to get that, but something else caught my eye and I felt like I had to get this because it really fit the theme. So this here, get it closer. <laughs> oh, Nightmare wow. brewing and the can, um, if, if you can't see what you can't, because nobody can afford our Patreon. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We don't have one, but anyways, I'm going to try not to, it looks like, like some kind of like death metal band writing. Like, I don't even know. Oh yeah. That's, that's like proper, that's the sort of stuff I would listen to. So Agam, Agam Ruan, it's an Imperial stout brewed with masala chai spices, uh, Jaggery tea or Jaggery tea. I'm going to say Jaggery because you know, Jaeger, uh, in India vanilla and masala chai spices. And trust me, I can't read it. Fucking amazing is what it sounds. Yeah, fifteen point six percent, which is gonna go (laughs) really well. 
considering that I have to drive to go see They Live 35th anniversary tonight after um, I pop into some. Oh, you got yours. Yep. Doers 19. Yep. So this here is a uh, special bottle I've been sitting on for a minute. So, yeah. Is is that a Scottish one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's Uh, good stuff. Yep. Established 1846 Dewar's blended scotch whiskey aged 19 years, the champions edition uh, mm. product of Scotland. So yeah, this one has some very fancy notes in it. Uh, butterscotch, heather, honey, and cinnamon, or as uh, mm. the French say it, cinnamon. A, cin- a sous-son oh. of cinnamon. Yeah. Cinnamon. <laughs> so um, there's a good chance I'm either going to Uber or. Uh, <laughs> there's a good we'll chance see. you're seeing we'll nothing see. today. Yeah, just get just get fucking Vitaly to drive you there. Yeah, like if you, I'll tell you right there, if you're going to start powering that, they live might be an aspiration for you today. <laughs> well, drunk Darius is going, and I was like, dude, can you come pick me up? And he said no. So nope. that motherfucker's drinking his own version of what's it called? Dewers? Dewers. Yeah. Dewers. Dewers. Yep. Dewers. You can find this at. So um, at Duncan's Bar, Haggis and Pints, I believe it's called. <laughs> so. so yeah, there's a so that's that's a blended whiskey. So a blended whiskey is like lots of different with it's lots of different types of whiskey that like a like a master a master craftsman will blend together to give a particular taste, and then they batch bottle it. So nice um, blended whiskeys are nice, man. Cheers, Cheers that's a selfish measure. It's your ball, we'll see you get away with it. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh. Oh man, like that's that is way smoother than I was expecting. Yeah, I'm like so bl- bl- right blended now. stuff. Bl- blended whiskey, I like it's not abrasive at all. It should be they're primarily used as a chaser. So you would use that as you would have your lager or your beer or your stout, and then you would follow up with for every drink you do of the beer, you do a sip of the whiskey. Right. Oh my god, look at the, the caramel dark. head on that fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, that is a dark bitch. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's as dark as my soul. <laughs> yes. I want it. Give it I'm jealous me. of everything you're drinking. Fuck. Fuck you guys. And then to um, finish it off, we got a little cigar action. So we uh, got Romeo yeah. Julieta Cigarus 1875. Yeah. You're living up right now, right now. Like people don't understand how bored this episode is. <laughs> We've What's got, crazy we've is he does talking this, about the movie. He does this every time, though. It's that like he just always has some some fucking banging ass drinks and the badass smokes. Well, he's just doing it. Me, yes, but not to this level. This is <laughs> um, like I said, I bust out the good stuff when. You know, when we have someone with us that actually imbibes and and that's no shots to any of our other co-hosts, but it's no. like, you know, I know Duncan comes prepared and he enjoys a good whiskey and scotch and a good beer. So Dude. I'm like, Are you, you take it serious. Like you guys take it like the amount of times I've been on <laughs> the amount of times I've been on uh, recordings and like that. Oh yeah. Just for the occasion, I've got this really nice Jameson's and I'm like, that's Irish. It's not Scottish. And that's not how I send and like is there a difference from like oh like burn this house down like, <laughs> like honestly oh uh, normally yeah, I come with the same this. fucking 
I, I, when I can find a different brew to bring to the show, I do, but normally I'm sipping this, my quote unquote fancy gas station beer. It's like IPAs you can get at a oh, gas station like and shit. Mm-hmm. Well, I like them too. Um, but we're getting into it's you're what we were saying earlier, it's getting into fall now. So I'm about to start switching over to stouts. You, you get all that really cool pumpkin stuff that we just don't get over here. Oh, like, it costs a fucking fortune over here because it's all imported. Um, you get all that good shit that we just don't get, and I like I get that's where I get super jealous when you guys all start by like it's the fall, which in Scotland we call autumn, but you guys it's like it's the fall, and look at all this cool shit that we have, and I'm looking at my shitty spice latte. <laughs> Did you guys which, get like, the the big like microbrewery push that we did over here or i mean you got to have a few over there or so it- so like ma- microbreweries don't exist the same way they exist over there like so like there are breweries that have their own but like brew dog's a great example of that's a that's that's a brand that brews beer that like has bars now in all the major cities has hotels and all the rest because it's oh, become no huge um, so th- there's that level. There aren't many. There aren't like many. What you would class as a microbrewery over here at all. It's just not a thing that's done. Um, like smaller, smaller kind of uh, smaller breweries would do limited releases, but it's all online. So wouldn't act- you wouldn't actually go out to the brewery and try like beers and shit like that. It's yeah. just not a thing that would take off here. Uh, it wouldn't like in the climate we have over here. It just wouldn't work. I was gonna say, can Scotland not grow pumpkins or gourds? Uh, we we do have like once again, like I'll give you a laugh right now. I don't know if we've ever discussed this. Um, so in the last five ten years, things have become very Americanized over here. Like the whole like, like trick or treat Halloween thing has become huge. Even though technically it comes from here, right? Um comes from here in Ireland, but it was handled differently up until, like, see, when I was a kid, you did not carve a pumpkin, right? Instead, you carved, and this is where I show my Scottishness all the way through, and you carved what was called a tumshi, uh, and a tumshi is, it's also a derogatory term that you throw at someone you don't like, but a tumshi mm-hmm. is a turnip. So you have to hollow out a turnip. Like, anyone, not like, if you've ever had a turnip, hard, hard as fuck, so you'd have to sit there and whittle away at a fucking turnip for about five days to try and get a hole to put your fucking candle in it. So you can, and that's that's what you carried for what we call over here guising. Uh, so it's like kind of short form of disguise. So guising is mm. what you would do for trick or treat, and you wouldn't say trick or treat. Uh, you would basically like knock on someone's door and you say penny for the guy. And you would get like a sweet or something, um, and there was no fancy candies. Most of the time, you got like a satsuma or a tangerine, which that's was dope. That like I, you would get fruit. You wouldn't get chocolate or anything, yeah, or maybe like dope for like, a kid. You're gonna tell me, yeah, that's dope well, for yeah, a kid? as a yeah, kid, not dope for me. For me, I would, yeah, because growing up, dude, my grandpa had satsumas. He had I love satsumas. Pe- <laughs> yeah, he had a pear tree. I would, I would, I would be on the swing on his porch. Yep. You could literally swing back and grab a pear because it was on a it was a raised trailer at at his camp in, in Bundix mm-hmm. Lake, in, over here in Louisiana. The trailer's raised up so in case it floods. Well, you you just swing back and literally just grab a pear off the tree and fucking you could eat 
So I don't know. I'm, I'm mega jealous. Like, like see, so. nowadays though, because we've become quote unquote Americanized. See, if you gave a kid like a Satsuma, like it'd be village of the damned. Like your house would be like there'd be like I'd see kids outside with glowing eyes, you'd be mm. fucked. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what's like like we we so when they have things like pumpkin patch, I'll have taken the kids to go pick a pumpkin from a pumpkin patch. See, 10 years ago, did not fucking exist. Not in this country, did Crazy. not exist. So it's what does the weird. phrase what's that phrase you said, penny for the guy? What does that mean? So a penny for the guy it kind of goes two ways. So like uh, you would you would do it in between uh, Halloween, so the thirty first, and you would do it towards what we call a uh, Guy Fox night, which yeah. is the fifth of November. So Guy Fox, remember, remember, if, yeah. So every, everyone knows the V for Vendetta, a Guy Fox thing. Guy Fox is I don't know how well this is like publicized once again throughout the world. Guy Fox is essentially Britain's biggest terrorist. Um, yeah, yeah. Essentially, almost yeah. got. He would have got away with it too if it hadn't been for the meddling dog and his friends. Yeah, oh. uh, yeah. But basically, Guy Fox planted a huge amount of dynamite TNT underneath the houses of Parliament, and was that close? So, so, so fucking close to blowing up government. Plus, he the almost. Parliament, yeah, he, he almost got away with it. He almost yeah, blew he all, up all, all them lizard people. Yeah. yeah, almost, almost destroyed the lizard people. Um, he almost took out, basically, this is in like the 1800s, almost destroyed, maybe before the 1800s, because someone will fact check me. Um, he almost took out our, our institutions of politics, like, it, like destroyed all because he was anti that. And mm -hmm. as a result of that, on the 5th of November in the UK, we do what you guys do on the 4th of July. We set off... Tons of fireworks, um, but we also have a bonfire, and on that bonfire, you burn the effigy of Guy Fox. So that Guy Fox effigy is known as a guy. Uh, so you ask for penny for the guy. So it's to help oh. you get like wood and all the rest. So hmm. he's weird. So we're a weird backwards country, honestly. We only got KFC two years ago. That's a lie, but I like Ew. to stick with it. No, I, I like to stick with it. Well, we got the internet last year. You um, need to get which is also a lie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I had to get real tough doing a podcast for nine years before then. I <laughs> <laughs> you got like carrier pigeons have been uploading them, like yeah, uh, that's right. Send them across to America, and someone's been uploading yeah. them for me. Hey, that's man, what a guy! <laughs> You're gonna have a blast when you get fucking Popeyes and K and fucking uh, raisin canes. Popeyes, and shit. the first Popeyes. I've had Popeyes before because it's in England. The first Popeyes is actually opening its first Glasgow for so first Scottish location next month, I believe. Um, and I can't wait because I fucking love Popeyes. That's Louisiana it. chicken, baby. Oh, it's good. I love it's it good. too. Man. See, you guys, man, like, I love it. I love it. America, man, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> America, fuck yeah, fucking love it, man. I'm gonna record another fucking podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Well, I, with my fancy gas station IPA. Oh man, all right, I'm gonna grab well, my coffee. You go grab your coffee, and we're gonna listen to the trailer for the final, real final chapter for Resident Evil. No stop. Yeah. My name is Alice. I worked for the Umbrella Corporation. There was an incident. You're all going to die down here. The virus escaped. 
Everybody died. Trouble was, they didn't stay dead. I've been waiting years for this. The prodigal daughter returns. We played a long game, you and I. But now it's over. fancy notes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay resident evil the final chapter from 2016 rated r clocking in at 107 minutes or an hour and 47 minutes for you scottish and what do we think this got on the b? yeah that made no sense i know what do you think this got on the b <laughs> if you haven't looked the imdb rating I haven't actually looked at the IMDb rating. Ah. Um, I would be, I, I'd honestly, don't want to give away my cards early here. I'd be surprised if this scored above a five. So I'm going don't, to go in four, 4.2. Don't under, don't, I've learned this entire franchise to not undersell these movies. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. Um, I'm going to go with a 5.6. Went with a 5.6. This actually did get. A 5.5. Boom! Yes, sir. Very good, very good. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. It's a percentage. And it's a critic score. Oh, a critic score. Critic score. What percentage of the critics do you think like this? 41, Kate? 41, yeah. He says 41, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) In honor of... um. R.I.P. Goddamn Bob Barker. I'm gonna go one because my the number in my mind was 42 percent. So I'm going oh. with 42 percent. 38 percent. Thirty. Oh, you, you, you guys both went over. Tracks. You guys both went over. That means the house wins, bitches. <laughs> Budget. <laughs> Budget. Budget has gone up and up and up. Um, yep. So we're, I'm, I'm going to step in go first. Yeah, I'm going to go first on this one. And I'm going to say that this had a budget of $65 million. Mr. Duncan McLeish. There's a lot of green. There's so much green screen in this. I get a feeling it's probably a bit lower than that. But and like a lot of the big names are not back in this. Like I say big names, quote unquote, big names. Um. They didn't get Mike fucking Epps. 37. 40 million. 40, 40 million. right? Which is which is definitely not with the trend. TB was on track there because the original one was 30 and then 
I think it got up to 60 million or 65 million or something at some point. There's a, there is a gap. There's a gap between this one and the last one. And if memory serves, I remember when this came out and I remember the push was that um, Anderson himself wanted to finish the story and the studio kind of allowed him to finish the story, if you know what I mean, as opposed to everyone was like, one more time, one more time. It yep. was him like going like, let's just finish it. So it wouldn't which surprise is, me. Which if is really weird. Yeah, retribution. Because... Retribution got sixty-five million in its budget. And they all make, like, the thing is, all these. All the, I I don't think there's a Resident Evil movie in the run, and these runs anyway that underperformed. They all they all very strong. Way very 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 strong. Yeah. So the last one, for example, was sixty-five million dollar budget, and it raked in two hundred and forty million. So with there this one, go. I mean. What do you think this one raked in off of a $40 million budget? So let, let's say they publicize this as the last one. So you're getting anyone that's had a passing interest. I would expect it to make more money than the previous one. Um, also, like small budget. I don't, like the thing is, like, we'll get into it. Like, I mistook this movie as one from the previous. Like, like I had oh, I, apparently there was two movies I didn't know existed, but I've just conflated them in that I had seen this, but I hadn't seen it. Um, let's go 300, 300 million. Uh, 220, 312. Wow, 312, 312. Yeah, 312.2 to be exact. Can't forget that 200 grand. Um, that was my next question for you, Mr. Duncan. This was a first time watch for you. Yes, it, it okay. appears that I had not seen this one or the previous one. The previous one I've still not seen. So I watched this one and I was like, nah, I'm not going back. Oh, um, okay. so, um, so yeah, my, my like the fourth one I thought was the final one, which I thought I had seen, which it's is when you life. mentioned. Yeah. Yep. So when you'd said to me, you're doing the final one, I was like, all oh, right, oh, I'm like... I, I, I'm sure I've seen it. I just can't remember it. It'll all sure. come back to me. And then I was watching this one and the opening of this one made reference to something that had happened that was new to me. So I know for a fact I have not seen the previous one. So I tracked it back one, after that. So Yeah, the previous one actually was fairly highly rated among Tibu and Dan Chase and mm. who was with Dan Ch um Oh, uh, Carly, Jerry, or, uh, Carly, yeah, Carly, yeah, yep. So, we up and up until that viewing, like with the whole franchise being uh in consideration, taken into consideration, the fifth one was probably my favorite one. Mm. So, I'd seen the, definitely seen the first four. My, my recollection having not went through all of them for this, but I remember really liking the first one. I saw the first one in the cinema when it came out. Um, I have a lot of time for the second one because the second one was linked more intrinsically to the games so that I grew up playing. Um, the third one I thought was okay. The fourth one I thought was a little less than okay. Um, but I also thought that was the last one. So that goes to show what I know. Yeah, I think you're right. It just kept churning them out. Like they just kept making these motherfuckers and I thought I'd seen them all. Dude, the fourth um, one, the fourth one is the worst in the franchise, in my opinion. Yeah. That that's it's it's an unnecessary chapter in in the franchise. Mm. It to me, to me, you could watch 
what that movie was trying to do could take place in the first 20 minutes of another movie and then you can keep going and then it's stretched it, yeah yeah they stretched it out big time in my just my opinion speaking of stretching it out i got something for you guys here <laughs> the cast of resident evil the final chapter returning obviously mila jovovich as alice yep. more importantly returning is the g himself Jorah mormont <laughs> yeah I- I- ian glenn i was so happy to see that boy oh fuck yeah uh ali larder is returning again as claire redfield Sean Roberts as Wesker. We have a new one, and and I I think I'm gonna get his name close, and it's a believe a Scottish name. I'll, I'll, it's it's Irish, but I'll, I'll let Irish. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna guess it's Ewan. It's Ian. Actually. Ian. Ian. Yep. Ian Mackin. Yeah. Uh, as Doc. And That's a dope ass name. Yeah. We got Fraser James as Razor. We have Ruby Rose. Is Abigail. Dude, you will never understand how like I crush hard on anything that Ruby Rose is in. See, when she appeared on the screen, I was like, oh, now we're talking. Yeah, this movie's leveled up. I just hope she doesn't die. Okay, so Travis, do you know where Ruby Rose is? Where I know her from, and where probably most people know her from. Uh by name, no. Uh she was the the mute, uh the deaf girl in John Wick 2. That's right, yeah. It's yeah that's that's where I know her from. A, a smaller role in the Meg. Um, oh, she was yeah, in the Meg? I, okay. Yeah, the first one, not the, the, the second yeah. one. But yeah, she is, um, she is a, 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 kind of, she's a, kind of, yeah. she was a model, she's a musician, she's become an actress. Um, she's also like gender fluid as well, but she is like so attractive that like, yeah, look at her, 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 yeah. I, mean, I lose, I I'll lose the ability to like coherently pass a sentence through my lips whenever she's on the screen. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I do not know what it is, but whatever, whatever's happening there is, is, is pure chemical and animal for me. So, um, Ruby Rose is that bae. Yeah. She's there, like, like in a garage outfit with dungarees, talking about how her dad taught her how to build fucking death machines or something. I'm like, everything here is just it's hitting all the same. Clicking, it's clicking. <laughs> so, oh man, yeah. So that I mean, the cast, like you were saying before, Duncan is is it's got some returning ones. I would say yep. it probably cost him a pretty penny to get Jorah Mormont back, but is he's worth every well, his dollar. stock had went up a little bit after game of Thrones. So, yeah. you know, you just go away, you do a couple other things. Then when you come back, it costs a little bit more. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Resident Evil, the final chapter, this actually picks up. I, I love the, the one thing I've said, Duncan, with all of these movies. And I don't know if you remember with the other ones is they've got a very strong opening. I love the yeah. opening. I love kind of like the little recap. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean the white house scene in that the cheese factor, let's just talk about how ridiculous (laughs) this is because the cheese factor, they amp it up. They amp it up. This, this right here is, is like spinal tap. It's at 11. It's, (laughs) it's at an 11 right now. (laughs) Travis is over there shaking his head. What do you? Well, uh, the biggest bait and switch in the whole fucking franchise happened to me, so I'm kind of not happy about it. Just well, this is this is them. This is them kind of get. This is them as a movie creating an out. You know what I mean? So they're like, this will keep going on because we haven't coherently made a way to get out. So what we'll do is we'll create a movie 
this is like what they do like like in the Jason movies where like Jason has a cousin and only a Voorhees that's born through a Voorhees can kill a Voorhees and you're like yeah. we are 10 fucking movies into this and this has now become a plot point what the fuck how was this not known in chapter 3 like you know, there's there's a there's a point on this one where the they kind of branch out uh you thought you were watching this but actually this it's the did guy you... in the history channel scene uh-huh. aliens did you see the, the end of the fifth <laughs> yeah. one aliens. did you did you see the end of the fifth one because at no, the end he... of the fifth one right i know well this is what i'm not happy oh. this is there's two bait and switches that happen at the beginning say, of this I... movie okay at the beginning i thought you're okay okay so what happened no i'm not i'm not even i'm talking about the beginning i'm gonna okay. go through it li- linearly uh if that's a word well As at the, at the end of the fifth movie uh, Alice shows up in Washington, D.C., where this movie, fair enough, it starts where the last one ended, but not at all the same circumstances. At mm. the end of the last movie, she's there with Wesker and Ada Wong and her crew, and they're all about to – the last of humanity has gathered at the capital of the United States for a last final showdown with all of the Umbrella's many thousands of monsters that are all converging on the White House, and then the movie goes to credits. So it's like the biggest oh, that would piss me the fuck off. That would well, piss. See, this is why I'm glad I didn't watch part five. Now that would piss me the fuck right off if the like, because yeah, that's not that's not how this movie starts. No, no. Well, okay, so it, so you're upset because they didn't show the epic, like you know the 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 return of the king fucking battle or whatever the hell that Lord of you know what I'm saying. Fuck yes, I'm upset, okay. dude. Wouldn't you, you you weren't when you first saw this? You weren't like, God damn, I'm hating this that. movie even more because this movie starts off with like empty promises. Okay, she's well, alone there, and the rest of humanity is apparently dotted amongst all these different camps throughout. <clears throat> I'm assuming America because this is an American movie and the rest of the world doesn't exist. Uh, but like, I'm <laughs> but assuming you're getting the rest the fucking of them... Louisiana chicken, all right. <laughs> Because they keep like throughout this movie, they keep mentioning about how they're going to take down the remaining strongholds of humanity. If what you're telling me is the previous movie had everyone in one place, that's they not didn't what have this movie everyone said. in one place. They had they brought Alice there to meet Wesker to plan to take, uh, to take Umbrella down. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't, you know. It's the, it's the way they said it in the movie. They said it like that, though. They said the last of humanity, blah blah blah, is making its final stand. And then in this movie, there's encampments all over the world. It do, it does yeah. say it's all over the world. And I guess they're. I don't even know what's going on, man. Because the other bait and switch that you get is that the guy that they told you in another movie that made the virus because of his daughter. Now there's a new guy that has a daughter that made the virus, and it's like, but that's not the same guy. That's not the guy you told me in another movie. It's a whole different guy. Hey, so the one thing we have to separate a smidge is that you're talking about things that happened in Resident Evil Apocalypse, which granted wasn't directed by Paul Anderson, but it was written by him. So there is some inexcusable stuff there, but, you know. I well, mean, I'm playing with this because I, I, I can't I, I, remember any I'm of this. I'm trying to play devil's I, advocate, but I'm like... I took this as canon, right? Because I can't remember any of this stuff before. I just remember that there was... I remember I watched a movie where there was a scientist whose kid was ill and that kid became the Red Queen and the virus became the T-virus. So for me, 
like canonically speaking, this made sense. That bit made sense. The Ian Glenn character, I can't remember at all. Um, so like when he showed up, I was like, oh, cool. Um, because he's in everything over here because he's British. So oh. like for me, that made sense. I was like, all right, he's the, the bad guy. The stuff that happens, we'll get to it. The stuff behind the stuff didn't make any sense at all. I think and that's actually, what they're banking think, on is is the fact that hey, the first movie was 14 or 15 years before this, this maybe is, they won't know the exact details the, yeah this is like i was i was fine with like the the whole setup of the reason behind it and all that like it was more the i don't want to jump around because i do this every time i come on your show and it wrecks your format but it was more the good. the the overarching we will let the world we'll let everyone become zombies and then they'll all die and then we'll emerge fine seems like the shittest plan in the history of plans from people that are clearly smart. Um, well, they just and, never saw any of the Romero movies, so... Like, they like, clearly never... Like, they clearly were the most short-sighted people ever because this has taken years. Like, their plan is this is going to happen pretty quick, uh, but this is taking years, and apparently the world is a wasteland, which I don't know if I'd want to be frozen about that. Right, I can live just now in the world I'm in, but people will continue to run out of food. Granted, decades after I die, global warming will do what it does. Granted, decades, because I'm a rich old asshole. Like, years after, like, decades after I die, but what I'll do is I'll freeze myself and I'll come back and the world is a wasteland and I'll be happy about it. Seems like the most fucking ridiculous thing I've heard in a movie in a long time. And I've heard a lot of ridiculous things in movies. Mm-hmm. And like, it was the, the kind of point where I was like, I don't understand why this is... The I religious just, I... thing I liked better. See the clone dude? Yeah. That, that fanatical religious stuff works so much better than the corporate... I was just what? waiting for Mad Max to come across a screen with some <laughs> ripping guitar on front of the vehicle, and I'd be like, "All right, I can get on board with this." I I don't mind. I honestly don't mind the evil, rich, convoluted, dumb plan. It's a comic book movie plan to me. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not saying you can't have smart, smartly written plot, but that's not what. It's just the inconsistencies because I guess I was invested to a degree in yeah well you oh, but the thing is you've went through them all so for you that's, a month or, I, yeah yeah I, I i'm kind of a call on this one where i think these movies bank on people they bank on people invested for sure but they also i think primarily bank on people that just want to go out and check them like oh here's a big budget zombie movie at the cinema i've not seen the other ones but fuck it i'll go in and chance my arm and i think that's the like. Well, this movie made more money than the previous movie, which means more people went to see this movie than the previous movie. Yeah. So, like, I think they bank on that. It's like people are not invested in it, and I'm kind of in that camp. Although I think there's a lot of this movie that just is dumber than a bag of rocks. I uh, had I watched them all canonically, like yourself, just what you've described as the previous movie ending, I would have been pissed <laughs> it's, it sucks crazy. because it really did a disservice to the hardcore fans of the franchise and to like people like us that are you know and, and a lot of our listeners that are just going through this for the first time yeah. but you or, guys or yeah one after another because you are right like I, I i i and i will say that i thought i had seen this movie a second time but i saw this once in the theater when it first mm. came out 
Um, and I think I told that story, but my, my buddy and I, Kramer, uh, shout out to Kramer. A few people know who he is, but we were up in Canada on a fishing trip and we were coming back down into the States and we are going to do our winter camping trip. And we planned our whole trip to go and stop at international falls to watch this in the theater because we're both huge Resident Evil nerds. And I absolutely loved it at the time. We spent our entire camping trip talking about it. I had not seen it since. In fact, when I went to go and watch it, I'm like, I know I have this. Uh, I had two unopened DVDs and one unopened, uh, or no, two unopened Blu-rays and one unopened DVD. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I just kept buying it thinking like, I, oh, I better get the new one. God damn, son. I watched it. Uh, but you're, you're right. I, I agree with a lot of what both of you are saying. Um, you know, I did let it go because it does make sense as far as a business standard, I guess. But yeah, I mean, kind of, you know, you kind of left your, your, the, the people that brought you to this point, you kind of left, kicked them to the it side. It depends what you're watching it for. Yeah. It, it, like as a studio, it depends. It depends who you're servicing for this movie. If you're servicing hardcore fans, you're probably doing a disservice. If you're serving the random person that buys a ticket to go and see a movie because they want to see a big spectacle on the screen with explosions and guns and zombies and 100%. all the rest. This movie ticks a lot of boxes. It's only when you have that kind of background in it and you can start scrutinising it a bit more that a lot of it starts to fall apart. But I, like when you were mentioning that IMDb score, I went and low because that's my experience. It does not surprise me that it scored above what I had because I imagine there's a lot of people that went to see this, maybe only seen one or two of the ones before, went and walked out happy. You know, they saw they saw the big spectacle they want, they got the happy ending they want, so thumbs up, like, yeah, onto the fuck, next well, movie. Fuck all them people. I'm talking about me, goddammit. <laughs> and then and, and this, this opening pissed me off. Anyway, onward with the movie. Let's keep well, going I, I will plot. say, though, that I, I did... I'm, all the I'm studio kind of talk like, is boring. Flippy flopping right now with because yep. I did like the background of the story, although it made no sense with the T virus compared to what had already been established in the film. Yeah, I, I did like that story, story and 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 it, it played well throughout because that is the story they established with this one did fit the overall story of this movie, not the franchise, yeah. but uh, it did have a you know a good wraparound and and whatnot. Or I, I, at least I think so. We'll find out what you guys think about, but. Yeah, we get that opening and whatnot, and then we get just the super cheese factor of another fucking dragon and just straight up action over the top. You know, I mean, like we're 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 Matthew McConaughey flying through the air with a fucking hatchet, <laughs> dragon type shit right now, brother. What we get right here, I'm gonna tell you right now. I got, I, I can deal very very well with shaky cam. I don't have that big of a problem with it, but whenever from the action scenes to scenes where characters are just standing there talking to each other and the camera is constantly moving. I didn't constantly. notice that. Are you serious? I am dead serious. How could you not? I did a couple times in a fight in a fight scene, but not in the beginning here. Dude, it's constant. I don't know how you didn't notice it. It's constantly happening. So you tell me you don't like dragons. Do you like I'm telling you like <laughs> I'm telling you I don't like when when what I'm trying to look at can't be somewhat like it it was it was it was to the point where I'm like I kind of want to just stop this and start it again later, but I didn't. But the amount of, that the camera moves was just off. It, the franchise had never done that before. It yeah. was a stylistic choice 
that there they made. I wonder who the DP I, was. I don't fuck. It, it all comes back the to Anderson. Penetrator. Do you like dragons? T Boo, do you like dragon? Come on, dude. You can be. You, you can be. I'm gonna be dragging my balls across your face here pretty soon if you don't change the tune. So, <laughs> oh, fuck that. I'm giving you the honesty. That shaky cam bullshit. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It, it another thing that pissed. So right away out the gate, this movie is just. It's dude. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. I'm sorry. I got now. You. Do do I like what's happening? Do I like her getting in that truck and fucking blowing up? claymores and and getting blown to hell with the dragon and wrecking into everything hell yeah that's all dope what i don't like is the 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 amount of shaky cam the amount of fucking shaky cam i get you i get you well alice finds the red queen and and i love when they throw these stats and and that's one of the things i really love about this whole franchise is they always show like these computer graphics which they didn't in this one which kind of saddens me but they always show just the vastness of the hives and the laboratories and stuff but I do like when the Red Queen shows up and even with her cheesy, you're all going to die down here for the fifth fucking time. But <laughs> when you find out, you know, there's 4,472 humans left and, you know, there's 48 hours and they have a, she gives her the watch and it's got a timer on it. And, you know, it, it adds a little bit of, of kind of suspense to, you know, the movie and, and, and keeps you kind of engaged as far as that goes. The one thing I, th- I did see though, and it's maybe because I look at GPS every day of my life for work when I'm traveling to appointments is she's driving through a wasteland of 10 years of bullshit. And she has like, at this point, it was like 25 hours to go 418 miles. I'm like, there's no, there's not a fucking chance in hell. Even if you're on a, it's not the, it's not the, the most agree. Like there, there's a point in this movie and I don't want to jump ahead once again, but I will. There's a point in this movie where it's, like, not a scathing indictment of this movie, but she looks at her watch and there's 17 minutes left. And I was like, oh, there's 17 minutes left in the movie. And I hit pause and it was 45 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> I was like, what the actual fuck? Like, <laughs> what that? Like, there's or well, 17 minutes to like, see when you watch, well, we've kind of well, lost uh, perspective here. You watch Flash Gordon, right? You go back old school, watch Flash Gordon. When they're telling you how long's left to save the planet, it's in or around that time here. Ain't double that fucking time. I was like, what are we doing? Probably like she has a fight scene. There's like what like three minutes left in the watch, and she has a fucking huge fight scene that goes on forever. Um, and then we're chatting, we're chatting, we're just chatting. I like there's no art the problem is there's no and this links into your travel, the distance thing. For all that, there is a time limit in this movie. This movie at no point gives you the feeling of urgency. No one is propelling. Like, everyone is very blasé. Like, if I knew that I had 48 hours right. to save not the Not until world, the end. Yeah, not until the yeah. end. Yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of kind of smoke in the air sort of thing. Like, if you watch Escape from New York, right, in that movie, you're fully conscious all the way through that movie that Snake Plissken better get the finger out. And be- and that's why he, he acts, he's abrupt with people or whatever. Like, I love Mila Jovovich, but she is, through this movie, she's just having a lot of fun just chatting to people. And I'm like that, you like you know, you know, <laughs> like the last, you know there's a, there's a fucking, there's, you are Flavor Flav, there's a giant clock around you right now, ticking yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> and you are just you are just happily chatting to people and having some fun and being knocked out a lot in this movie. Um, and I, I don't get I, I like like you. I like the idea. I like the idea of going back to where it started. I think that's a smart move. You're finishing the franchise off, 
good franchises finish where they start. I love the idea of the Red Queen, like even being involved in that. You listen, I've been the bad guy all the way through this. However, there is an anomaly here, and as a result, I can give you this heads up. I can't get involved because this is Robocop, and we rip off Robocop more than once in this movie on that. <laughs> Dick, you're fired! You know what I mean? I'm like, what we're doing here? Like, there's a Robocop thing going on, but I like the idea of you've got a certain time limit, get back, and like, her being like, but I'm also with you when I'm like that, right, so where's, she's in Washington, where's Raccoon City, how uh, is this bike, does this bike fly? Um, And like, that to me feels, and that's a, that's a choice on the writing side, which feels a bit lazy, that 40 hours is something that's in a script that could easily be changed, or you start the movie somewhere else, or yeah. like there's you know, there's been f- like five weeks since the previous movie finished. We're not gonna show you the war. All we need you to let you know is Melia survived, and Alice is now she's in this different part of the like all those things are are writing choices that to me feel like it just feels rushed. It, like the, the whole movie felt like we have one movie to tie up loose ends and we better get to it now. Um, yeah. I mean, say, normally, I guess... yeah. Normally I watch the director's uh, cut or not cut um, commentary. commentary. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't with this one and I should have because there, there, there was a lot of questions answered because you were left at the end of one with like what happened to all these other characters, which kind of sucks, well, but. For this movie, though, like the, the the entire thing y'all are bringing up about time, I never even thought about it. Isn't that strange? How like one viewer can <laughs> can can see a movie from one perspective and the like. Yeah. I never even considered, you know. Yes, she does sit that sit have chats and everything else, but I never had. Um, I guess the the that that part of it was never weighing over me. And yeah. you know, I think I know why because I know that by the end, the timer is going to be close to the oh, end yeah. Yeah, yeah. just like the movie. so I, i'm just letting the movie do what it does now i do want to say what i like about the scene here where she's traveling over to raccoon city she gets captured by isaacs right yeah. by Jor- jorah mormont who's still alive but he's not still alive he was always alive because he's got motherfucking clones baby and the way that they decide to what are they trying to get out of her information right that's this is wants. the bit. This is the bit. Like to me, this is the best bit of the movie because this is the bit where I'm like that. All right, so he started a religious cult that are all in this ever moving vehicle because we don't need petrol. Although we mentioned petrol later on, which doesn't make sense. But well, like we have this, like we have this, like fortress vehicle moving along, which has a sea of fucking. Zo- this is Romero as fuck. We have yeah. a sea of zombies <laughs> at the back that we are just like we are moving. Get reckoning. Moving- yeah, we're moving just fast enough that they can't get to us, but at the same time, slow enough that they're going to keep following us. And he has, like, like I say, he has this religious cult, this whole religious ideology, which I fucking love. And because the Red Queen has told Alice that there is an antivirus, which once again feels strange that we're mentioning this in the sixth movie, but mm-hmm. well, there's an antivirus that if released will save the world um, by killing doesn't really save the world. That's the thing I like about this movie is the, the catalyst <laughs> to save. It's weird. Like there's things that it does that I hate and there's things that I do that I'm like that fucking fair play because any other movie, the virus would be released at the end, antivirus, and everyone would survive. Everyone would come back from being undead. And in this movie, they're like, 
No, no, no. It kills everyone. Like Everyone. There's, yeah, there's still only 4,000 and odd people left on the planet, but all the zombies are away. And none of the animals, the dragons still exist. But like, like all the people that have been resurrected, they're all fucking gone. I like, that's a bold choice, but the, the idea of she knows... She gives it away, actually. She's captured, and they basically, during the question, she lets slip that she knows that there is an antivirus, and because he won't, because she won't tell him how she knows that information, i.e. throw the Red Queen under the bus. Well, we get this great, once again, Romero-esque scene of her being basically tied to the back of this vehicle, and she's like, I can hold my breath for a long time. She's basically <laughs> yeah. running behind us. And he's like, listen, I know that you're superhuman and you can run, but that's not going to last forever. Eventually you are going to like, you're going to get tired. The zombies yeah. are going to fucking catch well, up with you. The, so the you dope, dope ass thing about Alice though, is that Alice bides her time because she is yeah. super powerful. She oh, is. And small. I was waiting for her to choose her moment. And she fucking does, bro. At this and, uh, this right here, like, brings one of the best action sequences in the movie mm. when she jumps atop that fucking vehicle and starts whooping ass. It was around here where I will say I wasn't noticing the shaky cam quite as much, maybe because it either integrated itself into the movie and I was, like, just along for that part of the ride, or maybe it wasn't as prevalent in this particular scene because, God damn, it happens in the whole movie. I'm telling you, go back and watch it again. It's the whole fucking movie, pretty much. 70% of that movie is shaky cam. But I like this whole this whole action sequence in the end of the thing. Well, and then, yeah, Jorah Mormont loses his fucking hand, and you're like, ah, oh, God damn. She escapes on the bike. This brings up one of my favorite scenes is because they, they battle all the way to the hive, and then the yeah. dog scene was cool AF. You get Wesker too. Wesker's a fucking badass in this. He's sitting there drinking his whiskey. I'm gonna, uh, you know, drinking his Scotch whiskey without the e, and uh, he's like, "Release the Cerebus," and yeah. they're like, "Okay." And there's not one or two or three dogs like there's been in the past. There's fucking a hundred of them, and they're mutated and they're they're they look fucking cool. With it being dark, you know, it made the CGI green screen look a little bit better as well too. This but, this, uh, this part was fucked up though, like. There, there was a part of me that was like, there's no way they're going to survive. Like, I know they're gonna, but I was, I was actually like, this would, you'd be fucked, dude. These things, all these things coming at you and the fact that they, they get away. Well, yeah, they've already, like, to me, like, I, I look at it slightly different because they've already at this point survived, like, what, like, tens of thousands of undead zombies uh, and that. Like up to that point, so basically, she arrives at Raccoon City. She meets the resistance, um, and we 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 get um, uh, like Redfield's there, and she 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 meets the whole crew there. Although it's indicated one of them may be a traitor, which I love. Well, once again, that's like that. It's in a lot of respects, this movie ticks a lot of cliches. That like if you're if you've watched a lot of survival movies or post-apocalyptic movies, you kind of know the boxes that it's going to tick. So it's going to hit those sweet notes that you're going to like. Nothing's coming from nothing in this movie comes from left field. Like we are like, oh shit. Well, maybe one scene, but we'll get to that later on. And it was mm -hmm. it was silly, but um, but there's a lot of kind of like when that whole scene where the 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 undead is very Game of Thrones again when the undead are storming the high rise. Mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. 
yeah, it's cool as fuck. It's also, it once again, drives home a point where I, like, my, I put my nerd cap on and I'm like, that, this is fucking stupid. Like, they pour, I'm assuming gasoline, we call it petrol over here. They yeah. pour petrol over the edge and then they light it while it's still pouring, which you wouldn't fucking do because the flames would go both ways and it would blow the top right. of the building. But that's fine. That's fine. We'll let them off because the cool visual of, like, basically, this rains fire upon them. And it kills a lot of them. And then they just, like, go hand-to-hand with the rest while there's still loads of them, which apparently don't care, apart from Bruce Lee's there kicking ass. And then yeah. he gets attached to the back of a vehicle. And then hundreds these zombies, which have apparently been sitting there knitting or something, are like, "Oh, we need to hang out on the back." You know, like, like they're not there until the van starts driving away. But yet, there's a meal ticket of like a few people just standing. That stuff drives me up the wall because it's like you could. There's a smarter way to do that, and this movie isn't dumb enough that it couldn't do that smarter way of doing it. Because there's scenes earlier on in the movie where they clearly do it well. And then you get the kind of final ragtag. I love the inclusion of the cultists who oh, are like, yeah. can we come with you? Like, and I love, like, part of me is like that. I love They're that. They're cannon fodder. Well, this They're is it. Like, literally, I'm, soldier number one, number yeah. two. I'm literally, I knew, they might as well be wearing die. red uniforms, like yeah. in, in Star Trek. Like, as soon as they're like, can we come with you? I'm like that. Yes, because I'm looking at the limited crew they've got, and I'm like that. There's still like 50 minutes left in this movie. There's not going to be a lot of death here. And then they're like, can we join you? And I'm like, there's going to be a lot of death here. Yay. Uh, that's the like, Resident Evil red shirts right there. Cause Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Resident Evil red shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. And like you say, they re- release the hounds. And that bit, like like the, the escalation, the Wexler character who was new to me, I, I don't think I knew who he was at all. And it kind of reminded me of, um, in the 80s, there was that guy who was kind of, I can't remember what his name was, but he, he would do like all the VHS stuff in the background. He'd have a face that looked like plastic and he was always kind of oh, sunglasses. Yes, well, that's what he looks like in this movie. That's your Wexler guy. He's got the slick blonde hair. You'll never see him stand upright like this. Barely moves. Has made it to be the biggest threat in this movie. Does fuck all in this movie. And we'll get to that. The most unceremonious death in a movie I've ever seen where I'm like, you've built... Because I didn't see him in the previous movie, so all mm. the way through this, I'm like, this guy is the big bad. Yep. Like, he's the big bad of this. He's going to... He doesn't... He's fucking commanding people. He's going to be a hard guy to take down. Turns out, really not. Like, really, really not. But he's releasing all... He's like, give me command of all the security systems. And the Red Queen's like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that. He's like, give me them all. Release the hounds. And then you see, like, a pack of, like, a a hundred rabid fucking like mutant dogs go out there. I was like, this is amazing. And they, like, you're right. They escalate to a point where like every threat from this point up until when they're confronted with the truth, quote unquote, escalates in a satisfying way where like the, right, they survive the dogs. What's the next challenge? Or the next challenge is even more severe. So you're going through like a video game. You're each level like a video game, like Resident Evil, each level gets tougher till we get to the final reveal. And you start losing people, which is great. And you lose them in non-zombie ways. The guy that falls into the pit and then the trap door opens and he's holding on to it. And I put myself in his position. That's, that's going brutal. up. 
do I either drop to my known death or do I hold on and my fingers are going to be sliced off? You just chin up with all your might and get your fucking body up there. Yeah, this this guy's been trapped in the bottom of a vehicle for ages, listening to, like, he's been eating gruel. He's no upper, but (laughs) he's got no core. We can tell that. You're right. You're right. I don't want, I I do want to say before we get past it, I want to talk about the set piece of the the fortress siege Mm. scene that we didn't. I didn't expect this in a Resident Evil movie, and the way you described it, like Game of Thrones style, Lord of the Rings Close style, fuck. we're we're, yeah. we're gonna fucking attack the quote unquote castle and try to get in. The it's mul- Lord of the Rings. They send a false decoy up to explode the door. It's a hundred percent Lord of the Rings. I love yeah, it, dude. All of that, and and how you said you got to suspend the logic here for that gasoline pour, yeah. because it is a spectacle, and it was fucking awesome. It's cool as fuck. This this whole scene of her when she first gets to Raccoon City, all the way through the 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 zombies trying to get in and all that shit. I loved all of this. I thought it was fucking dope. Fun to watch. I I love the so after that they you get your band of survivors in the tunnel and you get that scene. I, I love the interspersing of the Red Queen in this because she explains everything and then she's like Alice, there is an earpiece there, and then she's like, "There's a, <laughs> you know, a, a mole among you, kind of thing." And I thought that was pretty fucking cool because, even though I'd seen this one time, I'm like, "It's Ruby Rose, like it's fucking, it's it's Abigail." I was the I'm, same as I was a hundred, like, dude, I was a hundred. I was like, "She's gonna break my heart." Yeah, I love her. Yeah, I'm gonna say, and like, then she's what, the first I'm one to die. On this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, she's the first one to die. That 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 fan scene was pretty fucking cool. But yeah, yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, it's not her because yeah, they reverse polarity and she gets sucked in, and just, <laughs> just powder. I, that I do like that part, ex- except for the the terrible CGI. But I do like that part. Well, the giveaway yeah. as well, like that, like if you are paying attention, they give the doc releases a bag which is clearly aimed for Alice's head. He throws his bag back right at her, and she avoids it, and it looks like he's accidentally dropped. But with context at the end of the movie, yeah. he's deliberately tried to kill her in that yeah. scene. So it's, it is actually, this is what frustrates me, Like because we're talking about the silly time limit and the distance you have to travel doesn't make sense on paper. Yet there are moments in this where someone has clearly went, right, he's, he's the guy. So as a result, we have to set the breadcrumbs up so when it happens to the audience, You're like, there's oh. enough in there that you can like make it out, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's, and there's a, a weird attention to detail on some of it and then a complete disregard on other bits where like, eh, she's just, like we'll just... I'm not going to lie. I'm not lying when I say this either. He was my first choice as the mole because doctors are always evil. Hence, Doctor <laughs> oh, Evil. They're always. He's evil. also the only character whose name is mentioned like five times in like two minutes. So I'm like, yeah. I need to remember the name Doc. I didn't know anyone else's name except Claire. I was like, oh, that's Claire, right? So I know Claire from the rest of them. Like yeah. I, I like Buta Ghost. But he has a name, so he must be important, and he is right to like right to the point where you find out that he might be the person killed off my like my crush. And at that point, I'll be honest with you, my 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 willingness to go with a lot of this movie died with her going through the fire. Right? I was like that, you know, like I'm gonna have to now. And 
we're, we're, the thing is, I, there's a line later on <laughs> where Doc is revealed, and she's like, "Like you, we get the kind of saw reveal that she knew it was him beforehand." And she has a great line where she's like, "How did you know it was me?" And she's like, "Because you're the only one that survived, the only one that survived." Yep. Which, once again, you think, and this movie is weirdly on point with that. In other movies, you think the main character should fucking know that by virtue of you're the only one that survived. You navigated all this shit because, of course, you are because you're the one that would know. And the Red Queen's um, helping with all the, yeah. I mean, she's got, yeah. I love that. It's a small attention to detail that just works for me and that that line's delivered and I'm like, yeah, obviously. Like, but other movies don't do that. Other movies try and play off that the person that you should be rooting for, the hero in the movie, is colossally dumb that they wouldn't have figured it out by that point. You know what I mean? I I I like that aspect. That the trials they go through ultimately leads them to like the kind of final. It's not even the final room. It's like the we we get the clone shit that gets revealed. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that. Alice, after they're in the tunnels and shit, she falls into like the the I called it the hostile set piece. It's like <laughs> here's your hostile two set piece. She falls <laughs> in and you're just like, or saw it could be saw as well too. That was pretty, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. And you got like a battle scene uh, as well too with the liquor. But I mean, yeah, you read. I like. Okay, that was a question I had for you. So, Go for it. you both of you guys hadn't seen. Or no, you hadn't seen the previous one, but... So I haven't seen the previous one, but I've seen the one before. Okay, so you, you knew all the clone stuff coming around. So yes. we originally meet the Dr. Isaacs in the beginning, and we think, oh, here's the real Dr. Isaacs. Yeah. Then you get that, you know, swerve again. Excuse me. And you meet the real, real Dr. Isaacs. You know, with you kind of having missed that second one, it might be a little bit different, but I'm curious if you, what are your thoughts on, you know, the clone? Did you think that was like a clever, you know, plot device or did you think it was just like a, a, a cheap, you know, kind of cheap trick to, you know, here's another, Ooh, what a twist, you know, kind of thing. Like at this point, it didn't bother me. Like, to be honest, like it was the, one of the least surprising things that happened in this one. And actually overall, it kind of makes, it makes sense. If you are in the context of the story, if you are, the guy who wants to wipe out the majority of humanity and then come back as part of a small master race of humans that will reoccupy things. Absolutely no way do you not freeze yourself. Right, yeah. Demolition like you 100% right freeze yourself. You don't live through all that. Like All the grim shit he's talking about that's going to happen during the T-virus release, you don't see that. You create a clone who thinks he's you. He even says, I love the line as well about, and it, it becomes more prescient and uh, like a couple of minutes later when the reveal kicks in. Although I, I'll be honest, at that point, I thought I knew what the reveal was. And when it happened, I was like, ah, oh, that's what I thought. But with the Alice character, but he says that like clones try harder, like they push more because they don't have that context, the life yeah, experience. That, yep completely explains the, heavy, the, yeah. the fundamentalism and the and the vehicle all that stuff started making sense because the england that i remember from the previous ones wasn't that far gone and i'm like not enough time has passed it's like that we were pollyanna mcintosh is revealed in the walking dead yep and like they're what three years into it but yet they've already devolved into having their own Garbage. language and all the rest yeah. 
and you're like, it's three fucking years and you're living in a dump with your own language. That doesn't make, that would take longer. But this guy's fanaticism would make sense because he doesn't have the context of what the other character has. So 10 years doesn't mean anything to him. He's focused in on what he has yeah. and he's thrown himself at it. So to me, when that reveal comes out, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. The Neo Matrix-like abilities are ridiculous. And that, that to me put me off. So like the movie giveth with one hand and make me happy and then well, take a, taketh away with the other hand where I'm like, why is he like? Well, because he, cause he juiced himself up just like Alice. That's the reason yep. she has the powers yeah, too. But I, don't, I don't, I don't like that as a character trait because basically what he said is we like, it's fundamentally against the point of the movie. The movie is basically saying, if all the clo- if all the people that are frozen, all the the people that are going to repopulate the earth, are all super fucking like super just, that makes sense. But that's not what he said in his opening statement to the board. What he basically said is, "Listen, the world's fucked. We all know it's fucked, right? But all we need to do as people here is release this T virus, freeze ourselves, and come back when everything's fine." Had he said. And yeah, we have the ability to make ourselves superhuman. Well, he's, well, he's and, conniving though. He's gonna be the he's gonna be the god of the new world. Yeah, but it's too. Uh, this is like we're thirty minutes from the end of the movie, and all of a sudden he's just himself, and no one else is. Like, why is fucking is why is old Alice? Why is she not just herself? Like, she there's is. no ex. But not to that level. She puts a fucking contact lens in, and she's like, you know what I mean? Uh, to me, it just. Like, well, I guess I guess if you'd old, be going old wheelchair, Alice like doesn't have any of these oh. fucking abilities, and it seems oh. like she could have just injected <laughs> herself and had them all. And, and like, is that sort of shit where I'm like, it's like it's it's without, I, I may, it's, I a, to... it's a movie that doesn't deserve this amount of scrutiny, and I understand that I'm uh, I might be unpopular for it. But for every point they try and explain in this movie, there's about ten questions that go unanswered, and this is one of them where I'm like, well, I, I might I have the answer. Because in, if you were watching them like like how we've been for this for yeah. this review, yeah, yeah, can can like in order and and like kind of succinctly together, they, there's this constant and and Tuna, I mean, help me flesh this idea out because I could be wrong, but I think this is how it goes. There's this constant like juicing and unjuicing of certain characters with the T virus, and it it's not unprecedented in this franchise for this to be a factor. And I think that because Homeboy is kind of in charge, um, I think I think old Alice seems to sort of be his prisoner in a, in a, in a, in some kind of aspect. It's kind of like the Scarface effect. Like everybody is using their own product at this point because Wesker is using it. Uh, Mormont and his clones are using it. It's it's one of those things where I feel like not everybody's getting it, but just you know. But why doesn't he kill her? Why doesn't it kill old Alice? Like, this is the thing that drove me up the wall. She's frail. She doesn't have anything over him, right? He literally says you own 50... Like, there's a there's a weird fucking Star well, Wars the, episode the one thing here about him, trade right? wars and all the rest. But he can kill her, though. Like, like he's, well, yeah, he's got right, the power because to he kill did her. kill her dad. He did kill her dad, yeah. which is part of it yeah but i actually he's no. got 50 percent in the company right he killed he, he killed can't... her dad and then created the red queen so maybe that's but, why but it doesn't explain that though like, like yeah. this is what i'm saying it doesn't explain why he 
just doesn't it's like ah my old friend like finally i like finally i will get rid of you and you're like right how are you like if you've not done it by now like at least it's like a little bit of context in an hour and 43 minute movie which you spent a huge amount of time with yeah. people running about the place you could take two minutes here to explain what the power dynamic is here. The power dynamic is an old, like an old character who we literally didn't know existed until this movie, right? And unless she was in the previous movie, and a guy who we've just re- revealed as being frozen flung in the last 25 minutes of this movie, and what they're talking about is who owns 50% of the company and who owns the rest of the company, and he's super-powered, and she isn't, and he just doesn't kill her. And I'm, like, watching this movie going, like, surely, like, she's in, if she was in cryostasis, just wreck the cryostasis, like, give it a nudge. Like, I mean, like, it doesn't make any sense It might be one of those age-old, like, plot devices where it's, like, I'm going to give you, you know, what's your final request or do you have anything else to say? And then that gives, you know, it's like, why don't you just kill or, you know, yeah, you get like, the, yeah, you get I, the I, slasher I, down in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Why don't you stop his fucking head in? You know, yeah, it, but just, no. it, it, it just felt like this bit to me felt th- like the rest of the movie was fairly well paced. The And then the last 20 minutes of this movie felt like they tried to tie up every loose end yeah. And there was too many loose ends to tie up. And as a result of that, none of them are really satisfying. Even the, the end of this movie pisses me off to no end. Um, and look, we're going to get to where I was like, that. Nah, this is like some Twilight fucking cop-out bullshit here. Like, commit to the ending. Like, if you've said all the way through this movie, by releasing this, you kill this character. You kill this character at the end, right? And that that's the final chapter. The final chapter is... Although if you're Jason, you come back, or Freddie, you come back, or Michael Myers, you come back. Like if you are like like you kill off this character, but that this whole kind of three generations of the same character, like corporate board bullshit, like to me flung in at this stage of a movie which hasn't done any of this. Like it hasn't focused. The movie goes through weirdly at the majority of its runtime, not really caring that much about Umbrella. And then in the last twenty this movie, the last twenty minutes, this movie spends a huge amount of time caring about Umbrella to the point where I'm like, I don't understand who this serves. Is this for the audience? And if so, it's not very satisfying. If it's for the video game fans, it's not fleshed out a lot. So it kind of just felt like to me, like we need to explain who Alice is, which I never had an issue with all the way through the franchise. We need to explain kind of what the grand design was, which is kind of explained already in the movie. And then we need to have like a couple of badass fight scenes at yeah. the end of this movie, which are fine. Like taking it in context, like like um like you've already said, the idea of I've just myself, I'm fine with that. But the fact he was already just and then he throws himself and then he come back when he yeah. clearly knows what everyone's gonna like that is just it's sloppy. It's sloppy, and the rest of this movie, I'm not saying isn't sloppy, it's just the rest of the movie doesn't... It doesn't rely on too much detail, and the end of this movie relies on a lot of detail. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, t Does that make sense, or have I went off piece? No, no, no. no, I've got a question for you both, but I'm going to let t go, and then I'm going to pose a question, and then we'll... I mean, everything you're bringing up, I mean, I'm going to say I guess it makes... Because it's a lot you're saying. Um, I just didn't think about it that hard. 
just like the whole franchise. I just from from movie one, I I, I really tried to turn off like the logic part because I knew this was going to be a big action series and mm. not like a lot of times action movies are just like you said earlier, Duncan. They're solely there for the spectacle. So I was like, OK, give me. Sp yeah. That's why most of my issues with this movie are a lot of it. Like I'm nitpicking for some things just because it's fun to you know nitpick. But a lot of my big issues come from the, the cinematography and the way that it looks as far as the shaky. That's like my biggest problem with this movie is the shaky cam. All of yeah. the convoluted umbrella storyline and and all that it it wraps up again like i was saying earlier comic book logic it's it's comic book storytelling and and that doesn't bother me that honestly that much i wanted i wanted to talk about real quick because i don't know if we just really completely uh passed over this was at the reveal that alice our alice that we've been following since part one is a fucking clone yeah i, I was gonna say well we need to wrap the story up and then I got some questions for you guys, but yes. I, I like, I just as a retort on this one, I would agree on that. If we hadn't already talked about survival of the dead, which is a big action zombie movie, which actually answers and delivers all its questions in a very, very smart way. So I think you can do it even in a franchise, but you can have a big, like over the top, huge action zombie movie which treats its audience, I don't know, like with a degree of, right, if we're setting up something, it's going to be paid off, or on the hindsight of that, we're going to pace things out a bit better. And I don't think this movie finds about, I understand the thought behind it, and I love the idea of, listen, we've made five movies, we need to finish the story, we have an audience here, we want to get a new audience, and we need to bring it in. I just feel like we have an hour and 45 minutes here, and we try and answer all the questions in the last 20. And that to me feels like it feels it feels a bit rushed at the end. This movie feels very rushed at the end, where if you can't finish the whole story, either simplify it or give us more story and less action, which I know will upset a lot of people, or you know, give us another movie. Which I, I agree with what you're saying. This made a lot of money. So I agree with what you're saying. My take on it is, and, and I see what you're comparing with the Romero, but I, this, this one I feel is a little bit different because even though this is Paul W.S. Anderson's franchise, mm. there's a lot of producers in it. And I mean, to put it into context, any one of these movies gross more than all five of Romero's combined. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, I think this that, is a big money yeah, thing. Yeah, so, so I feel like they kind of spent less time on the continuity of the story and more time on what's going to make a good, you know, movie. And, and you know, we got to throw some red hair. The, the story isn't about, like, the, the continuity of the story is fine. It's, what I'm saying no. is all the all the reveals in the end of this movie are fine. And they all do kind of tie up. It's just you get, it'd be like watching a Saw movie, right? And then, like, Jigsaw explains all 10 movies in the final scene. You'll realize like that, yeah. And by the way, in movie number three, I was actually not this. And in movie, like, they throw so much, like, like to, for context, like, Ian Glenn's revealed as a clone, who's a superpower clone. Um, it's revealed that Alice is actually a clone. The old woman is still in charge of that. The Red Queen is actually, so you have three versions of those. Um, 
like the, he has the antivirus. There's a thing with the antivirus we're going to get to as well. So he has the antivirus, and like, but you get so much detail in essentially five minutes of this movie, they throw everything at the audience. And I just think in a movie that's an hour and 40 odd minutes, that to me feels like, like pace it better. Like the rest of the movie is paced fine. You could have, we get plenty of flashbacks as well. Like those flashbacks could have been handled a bit better to parse out this. It's just a lot of detail that I feel like these are all pivotal moments, like all big, like red light. If you're a fan of the franchise, these are all big earth-shattering moments which are given no time to resonate with the audience. If you watch five movies before where you followed Alice and you found out she's a clone, you like shouldn't be finding that she's a clone four minutes after finding that Ian Glenn is a clone. Yeah. And also at the same time, like, just that to me just is, is bad pacing. It's really yeah. bad. It's bad storytelling. Did it? Did it? So, is this the the one scene you're talking about that kind of surprised you and and or or I mean that you uh, called and didn't surprise you? Yes. So, like, okay. quite, as soon as as soon as they like, because I knew about the clones. And weirdly, I'd never connected that until Ian Glenn was identified as a clone. As soon as we saw him, and I was like, "That oh, I bet you, Alice is a clone." The the thing I didn't get was that Alice was a clone of the daughter. Yeah. I never picked up on that, but I thought, like, at that point, I was like that. As soon as he said the line, you know, clones fight harder, I was like, I bet you she's a clone. You know what I mean? I, 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 I bet you. Like, and if then I'm... when that, so it was a shock when old Alice comes in, and I was like, ah, oh, right. So, like, it's like, I like that reveal. I just think it was lessened because of the placement. Yeah. When they never yeah. said that, that she had died, the daughter had died, that's when yeah. I first started to think, when Homegirl wo- woke up in the first movie and can't remember her past, it's not because she has amnesia. Exactly. She's a motherfucking clone. She's, I, a, she's a clone. Yeah. yeah. And also, you don't see the, like, when they show you the board scenes, like, in the flashback of him standing, like, in the tea virus, oh, cleanse yep. world, the woman that's questioning, you never see her face, right? Yep. She's an older woman, you never see her face. And obviously, like, when it is revealed that that's her, the reason yeah. they can't show your face is you instantly know it's Mila Yolovich right. and makeup, which once again works. Like, all that shit works for me. And no point was like that. Well, fuck this movie. It's just more that I feel the impact right. is yeah. lessened because it's so close sure. together with another two or three reveals, which feel earth shattering. If I if I'm being honest, I I forgot that. I mean, that's a huge part. Oh, of the and I forgot about it when I was watching it. I was like, motherfucker! Like I I what? Like, Mormont, and I was like, oh shit! But Travis, what did you have before we get into uh, final thoughts and ratings? That was no, that was it. I wanted to talk about the oh, reveal that Alice okay. was a was a clone yeah. all along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean that that's basically you know the movie ends with finding out that she's a clone. The airborne virus goes up. All the zombies fall. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But you yeah. find out that she didn't die, which the from the beginning of the movie, you're expecting her to die, and she didn't, which yep. I, I kind of felt cheated, if I'm being honest, because I've... I'm know, the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the odd man like that's, that's a good way to find it. Like, to me, it's like the hero sacrifices themselves for everyone, so everyone... It's Mad Max. Like, you know, when the hero... Sac- although Mad Max doesn't technically die, it's a tragic ending. The end of this movie is basically business rolls on. Like the end of this movie, she's driving away from dragons, and I'm like, how is this? Right, I know the zombies are all gone, but how is this yep. different from any other right. Resident Evil movie? Yep. This isn't the final chapter. There's a kind of wink and nod. It clearly, is the final chapter, but there's yep. a kind of wink and a nod that you know 
business continues rolling on and I feel there's a missed opportunity to, it almost kind of feels like, I don't know, maybe the director's m- married to the lead actress who didn't want to die in this movie, so as a result <laughs> yeah, she didn't right. die in this movie. You know, it kind of feels that Happy way, life, like, happy like, life. Yeah, well, I, listen, amen, right? Amen. <laughs> yep. Like, like if I said to my, said to my wife, by the way, we're going to make a movie and you die in the movie, ain't going to fucking happen. No. There are very few people that have the relationship with their partners that Dario Argento had, where he's like, I'm just going to strangle you with my hands and black gloves on camera, right? You die in this movie, and then I'll rape our daughter in the next one, and yep. everyone will be happy. Yep. You know what I mean? And like, then, there's, yep. there's very, very few people that can pull that off. But, it, like, the... The airborne virus thing's a bit silly. Um, you know, we smash it and then all of a sudden, like for miles, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I'll roll with it because the T virus doesn't really make sense. So right. let's let's roll with that. But the fact it only killed the T virus parts of your body, that feels to me like that's a message that could have been like delivered earlier on by the Red Queen. And the we needed to know that you're you're, we needed to know that you were selfless. We have five movies where all you've done is battle Umbrella and zombies. To me, feels like enough evidence that this character is selfless. But no, no, no. We needed to know that you were willing to die. She's fought zombies all the way through the entire franchise, and we're not, we're not quite convinced yet that you're, you're in it for just yourself. That to me is a bit, it's a bit hokey. But. I mentioned, like, I fucking sat through that Twilight travesty where the whole end war scene was a dream. Um, so I can live through this. It just felt like there was a missed opportunity to put, like, a final a final stamp on the final chapter yeah. uh, rather than fall into some horror cliches that we see elsewhere. Not the worst end that I've seen, to be honest with you. Okay. The fight, the fight in the, the laser tunnel... Is badass. That was pretty cool. I like, yeah. I I like that they brought back the laser tunnel. Loved yeah. it. I'm the same as you. It's literally my favorite scene in the first movie. I remember seeing it in the cinema yep. go that this is fucking sick. Like yeah, that. Yeah. So like like seeing that fight scene and the the kind of replay of how she bests them basically, and even them coming back. I was I actually even like the 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 fucking like the reveal of fanatical. Ian Glenn showing up against I've now got a hole in my side Ian Glenn and him like stabbing the shit out of him and like all that stuff totally works for me totally totally works for me so yeah I think the movie ends relatively strong it's just I felt Cole you mentioned it as well I kind of feel like you had a chance you had your shot you could have pulled the trigger and you didn't do it and as a result, this movie ends the same way as all the other movies ends. But this time there's a ray of hope in a world where there's only 4,000 people left and apparently lots of mutant dragons and other animals that can kill them. Yeah. Mutant dragons. Well, what right. would you say your rating is on that then? It sounded like you were summing it up with your final thoughts there. Ooh, right. Go remind me, gentlemen. How do we how do we score on your show? one through? Well, you can do anything you want. We typically oh. go one through ten quarter points. You can do the Dave Portnoy pizza oh. points, whatever you want. <laughs> um, I'm gonna come right down the middle on this one. This is a known fact. I'm gonna go slight. I'm gonna go a four point five out of ten. Okay. I think. The action is what saves it. I lo- some of the action set pieces in this are like deserve fucking metal guitar playing in the background. They're absolutely badass. I think the story is surprise, surprise, 
lacking a little bit, and I feel the ending's a bit rushed. However, the fact that they did not do another one after this, and we are now six years removed, and they went off and done you know, uh, animes and a TV show, they're not coming back to this, so... You know, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a point five because at least this final chapter is the final chapter, and that in itself deserves a point five. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Okay. Uh, and then real quickly here of the five you've seen, rank them. Oh right. So uh, my favorite is because I didn't see part five. You guys are now yep. raving about part five, yep. and I now feel like I need to watch the one I haven't seen. Um. So to me, I would probably go uh, two. One, three, six, four. Okay. I'm going to have Tibu go first because, because. So Resident Evil, the final chapter. I'm just going to give some pros and cons of this one here. Start with the cons first. I, 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 the first thing I wrote down after I watched this movie was, what happened to the zombies? This is Resident Evil. This is a zombie. The zombies took a backseat. Actually, the zombies were behind the vehicle. <laughs> they weren't even in the backseat on this one. I was like, what happened to the zombies? This is what I feel the, the least Resident Evil of the Resident Evil franchise. It, it, it started to take a turn towards more action type stuff. And it got away from what I felt really drew me in when I first watched it, which was, you know, the, the, the creepy suspense, the, the killer fucking zombies, you got close-ups, you got sweet zombie kills, you got excellent scenes with the zombies. So I was a little bit kind of, you know, missing that, that whole zombie aspect of it. What I did like about this number one is Ian Glenn, your Mormon. I fucking love that guy. He's, he's a legit actor. Dr. Isaacs is probably villain. You know what I mean? He's like, he is, if you're going to cast the villain, cast this dude, like all the way through this, you're like, that is one evil motherfucker all the way through the movie. He's probably my second favorite character in in the entire franchise. I mean, Alice obviously, but I fucking love Dr. Isaacs. I did like how there was bigger and badder creatures. Um, You know, Wesker. I love Wesker coming back. Sean Roberts is my favorite of the Wesker uh, uh, portrayals in this as well too. The set pieces, like you said, were were legit. I loved some of the set pieces, and and I hear what you're saying with the ending, but I did. I wish they would have. I didn't want to see Alice driving away at the end with fucking dragons above. <laughs> I wanted. I just wanted to be like, okay, you know, Alice survived, and that's it. I did like the reveals because I thought that did add like kind of a cherry to the cupcake of everything uh, with her. I, I felt like it'd be an easy way out with, with just having Alice be Alice, but with them tying it into, you know, her being a clone, I thought that was really cool. So, I mean, there, there was a lot of parts of this movie I really liked, but there was a lot that I was like, yeah, I'm not really watching a resident evil movie. So mm. I was left a little bit, I don't want to say disappointed, but you know, up until I saw this movie, I had greater expectations built upon me and, and it just did not deliver to what I was expecting. So I'm coming in at a 7.5. So my rating of all the franchise series is my favorite is number one. And then number five is my second favorite. Ooh. I need to check this number five out. And then three, four, 
two and six oh, is my Nola least favorite. for two. Like two is getting like beasted. Yeah, two, two, two. I, was I haven't a seen bit... it in a while, but I remember liking two. Yeah, yeah. I two, two, two felt like it should have. Two felt like it was more towards the end with the the over the top cheese factor. Yeah, yeah. So I I I kind of like one and three because that was more of like the zombie and that was like you know the character driven kind of suspense. What's going to happen? I'm going because... to have to watch all these movies again. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, one five three four two six for boss two nice. rating. Mister Tibu, what do you got, buddy? All right. So first time watch through the whole franchise. It leads up to this. Not a fan of that big ass bait and switch from part five into part six. That pissed me off greatly. Um, I wanted to see that throwdown at the White House or the state or the Capitol, whatever the fuck. Um. <laughs> then the, all the shaky cam that also was kind of upsetting what i did like and this is where i'm going to be different i think than than both of you guys um well tuna on some aspects and different from duncan on others i i i the, the action set pieces are fucking awesome and that's what saves the movie i'll agree with that i didn't remind the as ricky would say expedition dump that we get um <laughs> the, like I don't I don't know. I'm I'm so I knew what I know watching these movies this close together and they are silly fun movies. That's all they're meant to be. Mm -hmm. This is not heady stuff. It's just fun. It's a spectacle. So when they just go ahead and dump, you know, what could fit paste well over 2 hours into 2 minutes, I don't give a fuck. Um so not even a factor for me. Uh Alice being a clone, that reveal was cool. And I wanted Alice to live at the end. The fact that she was willing to die for the whole world. Yes, she fought zombies all along the way. So her life was constantly on the line. I get that. But this was not, this was a clear choice. You're going to die if you do this. So it's not like you have any, any um, say in the matter. If you do this, you're going to die. And she chooses to die. So I like that she lived. It felt cathartic. And her driving away with the dragons chasing her. Yeah, it's cliche. It's rote. But this whole franchise borrows from everything, so <laughs> I'm I'm and and I'm saying that in a complimentary kind of way. Hmm. Um, I'm surprised that I'm gonna come in higher than Boss Tuna on this movie because what I've done with the Resident Evil franchise, if you listen to the nightclub, you'll you'll know that goddamn everything's a ten, even when it's not. I just give things tens because I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not gonna give this movie a ten, but I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. I'm going to oh. give this movie an 8.5 and it, it's it's solely because it's the final chapter in this, the actual final chapter. I'm glad it, it, it at least didn't, it stuck to that. So that that's <laughs> that's good. And if I had to rank all these movies and let's see if this is consistent with my, my scores, I would go 5, 1, 3, 6, four, 2, and then 4. That would be my, mm. my ranking. 5 is is my favorite. Hands down, I think it's got the most going on in it. Part one, awesome, and that's what set the tone for me for this whole franchise. Part three is just a fun, that's the most Mad Max of all the movies, in my opinion. I mean, mm -hmm. this one's got the elements too, for sure, but but part three is literally, that's... Yeah, what it's ripping through keeping. the desert, oh yeah. Yeah, um, then, then you'll come in with with uh, with this one. I, I enjoyed it for the final chapter. 
Part two is okay, and part four is garbage ass dumpster fire bullshit. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I say I hated it, but I think I gave it like a what a five point five. Yeah, five point five. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. in the context of the the franchise, so. And that's what I was saying. I'm, I grade all these on the curve of the Resident Evil movies, so yeah, the, these these scores are for these movies only. Type yeah. thing. I think that's which, I think that's fair though. Like, if you're doing yeah. a franchise retrospective, you kind of have to do that. Like otherwise, so. otherwise you're like there's so many movies. Like when you're creating a list of scoring things, if all the movies are like integers, like plus or minus, so small mm-hmm. between like a part three, part four, that's not fun to listen to. So you always right. grade them based on their own, yep, their own franchise. Yes, right. Much easier sure. and it makes more interesting listening. So, well, there you go, folks. Seven point five for Boss Tuna, eight point five for Tibu, and a five out of ten for Duncan. So I want to say a special thank you to Mister Duncan McLeish for joining us again for the third date. Um, we're gonna turn the mic off here before you guys can see how our date ends. <laughs> uh, those, those Botox lips are gonna get some work in, yeah, but <laughs> but. <laughs> but Anyways, um, make sure you guys check out the podcast under the stairs coming on 10 years. Check out his episodes ranking his top 10. Uh, I very much enjoyed that, you know, short 20, 30 minute yeah. episodes. And, and, and I loved your reviews of, of them as well, too. Um, anything you want to pimp with upcoming shows or, or, or projects or anything? <laughs> or Yeah, the next silly thing that I've done. So I've just not long finished a series called Pieces and Pieces which is uh, I took the movie pieces from 1982. I split up into five minute reviewable segments. I got guest hosts to join me and we spent about 20 minutes per episode discussing five minutes of a movie, which I love, but isn't very good. But the kicker, because it's podcast under the stairs and we do a twist is I put the episode numbers in a randomizer and released them out of order. So, like, you were listening to <laughs> reviews of five-minute segments of that movie out with the order you would actually watch the movie. And it turned out to be such a success, like, people fucking went nuts for it, that nice. I am doing that again in October. But this time, doing it on the movie Rawhead Rex. So Rawhead Rex. Rex. In pieces. Yeah. Um, the all out of order and uh, full of nonsense. And that's probably the next big thing that I'm doing that's worth promoting. October, though, there will be an episode every single day in October. So, oh. um, so wow. yeah, strap yourselves in. Did it one Holy day. Shit. of just mania. Love it. But yeah, th- I, I, once again, I cannot stress enough. I love doing this. Um, I hopefully will be invited back for a fourth year. Uh, well, and if I am, I will, uh, I will count down the days with a red marker on a calendar until... That's oh, right. Nice. We're going to send you a big old Joe Blow calendar. Uh, and it's Tibu's franchise this year. And we always, if you want to know what franchise we're going to be covering, tune in when January, February rolls around and we release our best of 2023. Because at the end of that episode is when Mr. Tibu is going to announce. Is it? franchise? Yeah, we always do it at the end of that one. I didn't realize I'm looking that. forward to finding out. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I am... <laughs> I didn't even realize well, we did that. Yeah, well, yep. you've got a couple of months to sort out. Uh, oh, I already yeah, not, know what it is. Yeah, well, I like, like I say, I can't, I can't stress enough. Um, I don't like 
said at the start, I don't often do guest appearances, and that's not necessarily by choice, but this is the easiest guest appearance that I do every year, and it's the one I have the most fun, which is probably why it's easiest. So thank you, yeah, guys. We appreciate that. We appreciate thank that. You, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tibu, uh, the nightclub, anything you want to coming up here that you want to... I will always pimp my fucking shit, cuz. Yeah. Um, as you as you probably know, and Duncan might not, we just covered pieces. So go check that out if you want to hear how the nightclub does that shit. Um, cause it's dope as fuck. And of course, every year we do Halloween Havoc, a uh, month-long celebration of horror. And uh we're gonna be capping off this year's with uh a special movie. The winner of our Discord Boogie Down tournament is uh sam from trick-or-treat so this year for halloween havoc 4 we're going to be covering the newest one of the newest cult classic horror movies trick-or-treat that so hopefully uh nice. hopefully that'll be something everybody wants to check out and besides that nah just nightclub nightclub <laughs> make sure you guys check out the podcast under the stairs and the nightclub and stay tuned because the joe blow horror show has only a handful a few episodes left before our big episode 100 which will be dropping on halloween so enjoy us for this episode here enjoy us for the halloween season and you won't be able to enjoy those botox lips but with that <laughs> i hope it was as good for you as it was for us boom that was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better.